Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. I'd like to welcome all those at our South Campus. I'd like to welcome those in our Grovetown Campus, those watching online and watching on demand. It is a great day to be here at church. As you know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the lady that locked her keys in the car? Have you ever done that? She locked her keys in the car, and she was struggling trying to get uh, it unlocked. So she called her husband. Of course, her husband didn't take the call. And so she was there with a, a coat hanger. Um, and finally, in frustration, she cried out and said, God, would you please send somebody to help me? And sure enough, about five minutes later, there's this old rusted-out car that drove up, and a, a, a rough-looking guy got out, all tatted up, had a skull cap on, and he said, you need some help? And she said, yeah, and he took that coat hanger, and in just a matter of minutes, he had that door open. And she hugged him, and she said, you're the nicest man. I, am, I appreciate it so much. She said, he said, I'm not a nice man. She said, what? She, he said, I just got out of prison two hours ago. I was in there for grand theft auto. <laughs> she threw up her hand and said, God, thank you for sending me a professional. <laughs> you know, some of you may be like her, just crying out, God, would you please send somebody to help me? I think all of us at times like that, we feel like maybe our back is against the wall, maybe... Uh, that we're in over our heads and we need help. But today I want to talk to you over the next few minutes on the message, help is on the way. Help is on the way. The big idea for this message is this. Prayer works because God is in control. Prayer works because God is in control. I mean, the basis of all miracles is, is God's sovereignty. And so we've talked about this over the last several uh, weeks, specifically as we've gone through 21 days of prayer. And yesterday we completed that. A lot of times that God uses 21 days of prayer to speak to us and to have creative ideas flow through our, uh, out our congregation. Several years ago, during 21 days of prayer, one of our members, Greg Hovis, was prompted about connecting people together in prayer. And so the Lord prompted him to create an app that would help connect us in prayer when we're not in 21 days of prayer. And so he's recently launched the Uplift Prayer app. And on our prayer request card, there's a QR code. And you can just take a picture of that QR code. And you can go and download that free app. And it's a simple way that, that we can stay connected through our Stevens Creek group in that uh, in prayer. We really believe that prayer changes things, but more, more than that, it changes us. It changes all of us. Over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about the story of Daniel. Many of us have heard of Daniel, specifically the story of Daniel in the lion's den. That's probably one of the most famous kids' stories ever told, and, and we love that story because it has a lot of twists and turns, and, and in the end, the good guys win, and the bad guys are torn apart. But I want to go a little bit deeper than just the highlights of the story. Let's go on. I want to go 
a little bit deeper on what really prepared Daniel for that story. His story is told in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 6, is where we'll start. Here's the backdrop. When Daniel was a teenager, he was living in Jerusalem. Jerusalem fell, and he was, became a prisoner of war, and he was relocated uh, to Babylon. Now, Babylon is about 59 miles southwest of Baghdad in Iraq today. And so he is there uh, as a teenager, as a prisoner of war. And during his lifetime, he, he served uh, the, uh, the, the government there, and he worked in the court system. In fact, he worked in the court system up until he was 70 or 80 years old. Now, King Darius recognized that Daniel had unique abilities, and he had a plan to uh, put him over all of the kingdom. And when that news got out that he was going to be elevated to all of the kingdom, uh, the governors got together, and they didn't like that idea at all, and they started working together to try to uh, stop this. But this interesting thing about Daniel, he had this uh, spiritual discipline in him that he had a routine that he prayed on a regular basis. The Bible says three times a day, and uh, that he had this desire to be, live in the center of God's will. Now, this passion to have uh, God at the very center of his will set him apart from everybody else. And so he became this leader among leaders. And that's really what I think King Darius was interested in. He saw this anointing on him, this ability in him, and that's why he wanted to elevate him to this position. But when the governors, and there were 120 other governors, became uh, aware of this, they became very jealous, and they saw everything they could do to, to stop this plan. So we pick it up in Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 4 and 5, and then following on in that chapter. At this, the administrators and the satraps, which are the governors, uh, tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. These guys were looking for dirt on him. These guys wanted to find some reason to make charges against Daniel, but they looked and they looked and they could not find anything because Daniel was a man of integrity. We go on in verse 4. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, hey, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And so they came up with this idea, this plan to entrap Daniel. They knew that he was a man of faith. They knew that he was committed to prayer. It was like clockwork. Three times a day, Daniel would get on his knees and he would pray. And so they went to the king, and they said, King, let's create a law that nobody can pray over the next 30 days except to you, O king. Only prayers to you will be accepted, and anybody who breaks this law will be thrown in the lion's den. Now, the king agreed to that, and then the king put his seal on that. Now, when a king would put his seal on a law like that, it meant that that law could not be repealed. The king himself could not repeal the law. 
He signed it. He sealed it. And he didn't realize at the time that Daniel was the intended target of this law. Meanwhile, the governors were laughing together because they knew they knew that Daniel would break the law. They knew that regardless of what would come against him, that Daniel would keep on praying. He was faithful. Some of Daniel's friends came to him and said, Daniel, you need to watch out. They've passed this law, and they're targeting you with this law, and specifically your prayer life. So you need to go pray somewhere else. Maybe you need to go on a prayer retreat for the next 30 days. You need to hide out. Maybe you go on a prayer walk. You need to get out of town, Daniel. But Daniel didn't do that. We dropped into verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open to Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God. Notice this, just as he had done before. Just as he had done before, Daniel had a habit. He had a spiritual discipline that prayer was an active part of his life. And so he knelt down, he prayed, and he worshiped God, and he prayed, God, let your will be done in my life. We talked about that last week. We talked about the importance of saying, God, let your kingdom come. And let your will be done. We surrender our lives. We talked about last week the prayer of surrender. God, let your will be done in my life. I surrender my life to you. I think when we surrender our lives to God, we realize that, that he is a power that's greater than we are. And that we receive that power. You see, prayer helps you to recognize that somebody is bigger, somebody is better and smarter and wiser and more creative than you are or than I am. That we are connecting truly with a power that's greater than all of us. And what we learn during 21 days is this, that prayer is not based on who we are, but it is based on who he is. That when we pray, things change. When I'm in a place of prayer, when I'm in God's presence, I am reminded that God is in control and therefore help is on the way. When you pray, God releases his power. When you pray, things will get better eventually. You see, Daniel prayed and instead of things getting better, when Daniel prayed, things got worse. There will be times when you step out in faith and you pray. And instead of things getting better, things may get worse. They may get worse before they get better. And this is a period in your life where you will go through a time of testing because it is a period in which we learn how to trust God and trust his timing. You see, Daniel prayed, but his prayer broke the law and he was carried before the king. And at this point, the king realized that his governors, his administrators had set him up and constricted him into signing this new law. And the king had to follow his own law. And so Daniel had to be thrown in the lion's den. Now, some of you know how that feels. 
You don't know how it feels to be physically in a, a lion's den, but you know how it feels to have your coworkers work against you. You know how it feels to have those people that you thought were friends. Daniel had worked with these 120 governors for a long time. I'm sure that they had this working relationship that, hey, we're all here and we're working together, and yet they turned on him. Some of you know how that, you know how that feels, to have your coworkers treat you wrong. They're supposed to be your friend, but instead they become an enemy. I think Daniel was a smart man. He was a leader among leaders, and no doubt he had this ability to walk in a room and read the room because that's what leaders do. Leaders go into a room, and they assess the room. They, they read the room. They define what's reality in that space. That's one of the key responsibilities of a leader is to go in and to define reality, what's really happening here. And I would imagine that Daniel noticed that and saw that and would pray. I can picture him praying for his coworkers and asking God to change their heart and asking God to let them be kind and asking God to let him have favor with his coworkers. But it didn't happen that way. Sometimes God uses prayer to change our circumstances. And sometimes God uses prayer to change our perspective about our circumstances. Sometimes God will move in and change something. I'm telling you, it will, the script will be flipped. It is not the same as it was the day before that. But other times, God has you in this challenging situation so that he is working to change your perspective about the circumstances. Daniel was at a place where his friends had turned against him, and he realized God was his only option. Drop down to verse 16. So at last, the king gave orders to Daniel to be arrested. He was arrested. He was thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you worship continually, may your God, whom you worship continually, may your God rescue you. I think the king at that point was upset with himself. He knew that he had been tricked. He had been manipulated, and he couldn't go back on his word, so he sent Daniel to the lion's den. And this troubled the king. And Daniel didn't realize this, but that night the king went back to his palace, and he fasted all night for Daniel. You know, when you're in a difficult situation, God has people praying for you that you don't even know about. There are people praying for you. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten, I've gotten a text and said, Marty, I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you. Got two of those yesterday. I've been thinking about you. I'm praying for you. God raises up people to pray for you. And oftentimes it will come and you, you may not be aware of it, but they just feel this burden. Some of you not only have been recipients of those kind of prayers, but some of you will be prompted to pray for somebody else. In fact, maybe even in this service, this service in our South Campus, this service in our Grovetown Campus, that as you're listening to me today, God's going to bring an image of somebody to your mind. And he is going to be prompting you to say a prayer for this person. You may have not have seen this person in a long time, 
But don't be surprised if you're going to Publix this week and you run into this person. Because oftentimes, that's how it is. God puts somebody on your heart. He is, uh, you are praying for them. You are standing in the gap that we learned a few weeks ago. You're standing in the gap for this person. And then you're going to have an opportunity to speak into their lives. So God has people praying for you that you don't understand, that you don't know about. When they arrested Daniel and took him to the lion's den... Daniel went to the lion's den, but he wasn't afraid. He wasn't panicking. He wasn't worried. He stayed in peace. I would imagine the people watching that day expected Daniel to be torn apart right before their eyes. But right when they threw him in this lion's den, God supernaturally closed the mouth of the lions because God is in control. Hear me. God had a hedge of protection around Daniel. This concept that we learn about of a hedge of protection was introduced to us um, through the story of Job, that Satan came to God and said, hey, you've got Job protected. Nothing can happen to him. You've got this hedge of protection. If you, um, if you take away the hedge, then he will deny you. And so we see this concept of God, how, how God protects us. Some of you know how that feels, that God has protected you, he's he's shielded you. And I want you to be sensitive to that, and I want you to stay in the center of God's will and stay behind this wall of protection that he has for you. That next morning, the king ran to the lion's den to see what happened. The scripture said that he called out in anguish. The king said, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, was, was the God who you constantly worship, was he able to save you? Daniel was lifted up out of the pit in verse 23, and there was no wound found on him. There wasn't a scratch. There wasn't a rash, nothing, because Daniel trusted in God, and God answered his prayer. He trusted in God, and God answered his prayer. Now, the king drafted a letter and circulated throughout the kingdom that Daniel's God was going to be the God that we served. Verse 26, I decree that everyone throughout the kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. That same God that rescued Daniel from the lion's den is the same God that we serve. The Bible says he's the same yesterday and today and forever. And so the very power that protected Daniel, that rescued Daniel, that saved Daniel is available to you. In this chapter, we see that God sent an angel to deliver Daniel by closing the mouth of the lions. It was like an instant prayer answered. I mean, less than 24 hours, Daniel's thrown into uh, this lion's den and, and boom, answer immediately, instant answer. He is safe. He is okay. Now, God doesn't always answer that way. 
A few chapters later, this same person, Daniel, did not receive an instant answer. Daniel was at a place in his life where he needed wisdom and he needed guidance. He needed to know God's will for his life and his people. Some of you are like that today. You've come into this auditorium. And you've come in just with this prayer. God, show me what to do. God, tell me what to do. Show me your will for my life. Daniel was at that place at this moment. Chapter 10. It was such a difficult season that in addition to his regular prayer journey of three times a day, he added fasting to that. Daniel believed that through fasting and prayer would help him get the junk out of his life and would open his ears that he would hear from the Spirit of God. And the Bible says that he set his mind to gain understanding. And notice this, the Bible says, and he humbled himself before the Lord. Daniel humbled himself and prayed. But nothing happened. A week goes by and nothing happened. A second week goes by. Daniel is fasting. Daniel is praying. A second week goes by and nothing happens. A third week goes by and nothing happens until the 21st day. It was not until the 21st day that Daniel had a breakthrough. Some of you have been praying and you have been believing and you're starting to think that God has not heard your prayer. You're starting to wonder if you'll ever get through this depression. You're starting to wonder if the job will ever come. You're starting to wonder if the sickness will ever be healed. You're starting to wonder if you'll always be single. Keep praying. There are situations in your life that require extended prayer. All of us like to offer a prayer on Sunday and have the answer by Thursday, but it doesn't always work that way. There are seasons that you will go through extended prayer, that you're praying the same thing, and you're standing there in faith, and you're standing there believing, yes, I will see this happen. I will see this situation change. Keep praying, because I believe that God has heard your prayer. And I believe that help is on the way. In chapter 10, we see that God sent an angel to Daniel. The angel said, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before the Lord, your words were heard. Since that very first day, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me, notice this, resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Notice the first time that Daniel prayed, God heard him. And God sent an angel to answer that need. But what happened? What happened? That angel was blocked. Because you see, there's a spiritual battle going on between the forces of good and the forces of evil. There's a spiritual conflict, a spiritual warfare. It's still going on. It's just not happening in the Bible, but, but we can sense it. We can feel it here 
in our lives and in our world. And we call and God sends the answer, but he sent an angel to help. But this angel was stopped because there was a demon there that was stopping the advancement of this angel and holding him at bay. Some of us feel like that now. That we have been praying, and we have been praying those sincere, earnest, warfare-type prayers, but it seems like nothing is happening. It seems like we're battling the same demon that we fought last year or the year before. And I just want to say to you, stay in faith, keep believing, because help is on the way. Help is on the way. Because God sent a second angel. He sent Michael, one with a higher authority and higher power. And as soon as Michael showed up on the scene, the answer came for Daniel. It took 21 days and two angels, 21 days and two angels from heaven for Daniel to receive the answer that he was looking for. What you are praying for may seem like it's taken a long time, but hear me, I want you to get ready because your 21st day is coming. Your 21st day is coming. And I want you to go in with this season of prayer and you change it and say, God, I am believing and I am standing in faith. And let me just, for those that are, you that are, um, think like this, I want you to understand the 21-day period is symbolic. It may not be just 21 days, but it's a symbolic. Here's what I'm trying to say. There is a set time for God to break through with the answer of your, to your prayer. God has a set time. He knows what he's doing. He's working on your behalf. He's working behind the scenes. And you may not see the answer, but the answer has already been sent. The answer is already on its way. No person can stop it. No addiction can stop it. No sickness can stop it. All the forces that are working against you cannot stop what God has for you and has for your family. You may have been struggling with this addiction for a long time, but your 21st day is coming. You may be struggling with this sickness for a long time, but your 21st day is coming. You may be struggling with this debt for a long time, but your 21st day is coming. I am telling you there's freedom coming because God has sent reinforcements to you on your behalf so that you can break through this barrier that you have been struggling with. Living by faith means that you're expecting things to change. And I want you to come to the place where you stay in faith and you stay in expectancy. That yes, in Jesus' name, you will see the 21st day happen in your life. Don't give up what you're believing for. Keep praying. Listen to what David said in Psalm chapter 5 and verse 3. He said, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. And in the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait in expectation. In the morning, I give you my request. 
And I am waiting, expecting you to bring an answer. David expected things to change. He went through the day looking for God's goodness, believing for favor, talking like it was going to happen, believing that it is going to happen. You see, we see these promises, these dreams, these goals that God's placed in our heart that we're believing for. These promises start off like seeds in us. We have this dream. We have this vision how life can be better. And it becomes this picture in our minds. And it becomes like a seed of of something greater coming. It's our responsibility to water that seed. We water that seed with the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I think we water that seed by moving from asking God for it to thanking God in advance that the answer is on the way. There's something about saying, God, I know you've heard my prayer and I believe that you're going to answer this And you start to speak that out, and it starts to stir up faith inside of you. You start to praising him for that answer, even though you don't see it, and even though it may seem crazy. But we're not talking about how you feel. We're talking about uh, God's word. And we just say, God, I thank you that I am healed. I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha. You're the God of healing, and I am living in divine health. I don't feel like it. My body's not moving like it. Uh, It should be moving. But God, I know you have plans for my life. And I know that I will be healed in Jesus' name. And we start to water that seed. And we start to work on that. In our finances, uh, you may be, in your finances, you may be struggling. Business may be slow. But just thank God. Say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you're going to open doors I thank you, God, that we're going to have favor. I thank you, God, that we're going to have success. I thank you that we're getting out of debt. I thank you that that your favor surrounds me like a shield. So, God, today, I thank you in advance. And as we are thanking God, as we are praising God, here's the point. When you praise, supernatural doors open. It is like when you start to praise and magnify God, as you lift up praise to him, the Bible says that he comes and he lives in, he inhabits those praises. So we began to praise him. His presence is released on us, and that presence opened doors that we could not open on our own. There's something powerful. I see it week after week. You can come into this auditorium and maybe you've had a very difficult week. Maybe you've had a challenging week and you don't even want to be here today. But there's something about coming and standing in a group like this, like in our Grovetown campus, like in our South campus. You're standing in that congregation and people around you start to lift up and praise the name of the Lord. And as you begin to praise, you sense God's presence settle on this church and settle on this congregation. And it starts to change you from the inside out. It starts to break down those walls that have been holding you back. When is the last time you thank God for what he's done in your life? When is the last time you praise God in advance for what he's going to do in your life? There's power in praise and worship. 
Because as we praise, I really believe that strongholds are broken. I really believe that hearts are mended, lives are restored. Addictions and depressions and sickness leave in Jesus' name. There's power in that. So we looked at Daniel's life. And we see two different prayers. One prayer that he prayed, it was almost an instant answer. But the second prayer was an extended prayer that involved prayer and fasting. But in both cases, he realized that God sent help. And I want to say to you, God is sending help on your behalf. Help is on the way. Let's stand together in this auditorium in South Campus, Grovetown Campus. I want to pray over you. There's no doubt that you walk through, many of you walk through these doors. And you've prayed this prayer over and over in the last several days. God, just help me. God, help me get through this. God, help me handle this. God, just help me. Today, we're going to ask the Lord to help, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to start to thank him for the answer that's on the way. We're going to do this in faith, believing that, that we're going to receive what God has for us. So what is that thing that you need? What is it? What is that specific thing that you need help with? Instead of God bless me and my family, God, I need an answer on this situation here. God, I need this person. I need this door open. I need this pain or whatever that thing is. I want you to start thinking about that now as you bow your heads. It's all together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this congregation. I pray, God, that your presence would come and move uh, in our church today. And that those that are struggling with depression, that this today would be the day that depression is broken. To those that are struggling with infertility, Father, I pray that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. Father, I pray for those that are struggling with autoimmune uh, issues. I pray, Father, that you would strengthen their bodies and that you would make them better than they have been. God, bring complete healing. God, move upon this church. For those of you that are struggling with addictions, I pray in the name of Jesus that that addiction is broken over your life. To those of you that are struggling with habitual sin, I pray in the name of Jesus that God will uh, cleanse you and sanctify you and push the darkness away in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we all call out and we say, God, would you help me? And there are people all over this room right now filling in that blank. God, bring help to us. And now, Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. We bless your name, and we know that you're the God that heals, and you're the God that saves, and you're the God that provides, and you're the God that protects. And we know, God, that you are the God uh, that gives us victory, and that you lead us and guide us, and we praise you, and we worship you, and today we receive what you have for us. We receive this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.
Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.